Hey, it's Timmy. How you doing today? Welcome to the Timmy Gibson Show. I just wanted to say a big thank you to those that listen. All five of you. Really appreciate it. <laughs> no, it does mean a lot to me. I, I There's way more than five that listen, and I really appreciate those that shoot me emails or texts or comment on different things. I really, really appreciate it. It's, uh, this has become, you know, I've said this before. It's like, it's like therapy for me. I started this in uh, June of 2020. So I think the lockdowns, didn't that happen like end of March, first of April, somewhere around there. And, uh, gosh, dang, I, I need to go back and listen to some of those earlier episodes because I've, I've been on quite a journey even since then. Uh, obviously, I was in the throes of singleness <laughs> in in 2020, straight off of a divorce, and so th- thrust into the single uh, lifestyle and and a lot of crazy podcasts <laughs> early on. <laughs> oh, and nothing I'll take down. You know, I, I've had people say, "Man." you were wild and crazy back then. Are you going to leave all that stuff up? I'm like, yeah, it's part of my journey, man. It's, it's, it's part of my story. It's what's brought me to this point. You know, I've been on quite a journey, right? Going from Uber Christian to being a pastor to, uh, yeah. Now, now where I'm at. So anyway, I don't know why I'm even yawning and there's no reason to yawn. I've got coffee here. I've had plenty of coffee. I've already been up for a long time. I'm an early bird. I get up at the butt crack of dawn, as they say. Actually, you know, it's funny. I don't get up that early, like early, like a real early bird, like a real early person would laugh at me. Uh, just like real readers laugh at me. I, I'm, I've been reading about a book a week, but I used to be about a book a month and people were, would laugh at me because they were reading a couple books a, a week, which I just don't, I know how that's possible. You know, you just have to spend a lot, like a lot of your extra time is reading and you really probably wouldn't watch any TV really. If, if you want to read a lot of books, um, I know that the more I read, the less I would listen to podcasts or typically how I do is I'll do podcasts in my car or if I'm walking, you know, like, like, like I can't read, um, if I'm walking and, and some people like books on audio, I do that on occasion, but you know, I don't get as my, it's hard for me. It's different for me, for whatever reason, I like to hold a book in my hands, turn pages. I don't know, you know, maybe it's my age. I don't know. It's just, I like that better than books on audio. So I never really got into the books on audio. Uh, I tried to, and, and I've definitely gone through many books via audio. And in fact, there's been some books that I just, I didn't want to read it. It was easier to do it by audio just to have someone else read it to me just so I can just download that information. Um, so anyway, for, for, for what it's worth, I don't know why I even went into all that. Um, actually, you know what it does? I think the, maybe this is kind of all related because I want to talk today about anxiety. It, we've all fa- We've all had anxiety. We've all 
experienced that. We've all probably had a panic attack at some point. We, um, some people deal with anxiety on a, on a daily basis, which is probably those of you that are listening to this. Um, you probably, that's why you're listening to find out what I'm going to say about anxiety. And, and much like what I said about happiness in the previous podcast, anxiety can come in so many for, for so many different reasons. Most of the anxiety that I've ever experienced is what they call situational anxiety, meaning like I was in a situation that produced the anxiety, right? Like I worked at a church in uh, Mobile, Alabama, and it was just a fucking sketchy-ass church and sketchy-ass leadership, and it was just a, a shit show. And I noticed that I was dealing with some anxiety, but it was situational. It was like, you know, it was the situation that I was in that was creating this anxiety. And then I left that situation and got into a much better situation where, you know, I really didn't face much anxiety until towards the end that became a shit show too. Um, and I, and I have to be honest here, part, part of the shit show, you know, I don't want to be one of those guys that's, you know, every job I've ever had, the boss was bad and it was this and it was that. And here I was this perfect little angel of an employee. And, and that's just, you know, that, that wouldn't be accurate. Though, <laughs> in these particular situations, um, I definitely made uh, mistakes in the sense of not knowing how, how do I put this? I've worked for myself most all of my life. And obviously, in that situation, I pretty much always do what the boss wants me to do, right? I'm the boss. And I did things that made the boss happy and <laughs> right. Anyway. So when I was working for other people, you know, they had other expectations for me. Right. And I remember the one in mobile, Alabama and that, that, I mean that, and that really, that legitimately was a shit show. And in fact, that, that pastor that was my pastor at that time, uh, apologized to me, actually, to be honest, both of the churches did the other one that I worked at down in Texas he also apologized. So, you know, kudos to these men, which will remain nameless. Um, you know, good hearted men, obviously human men, uh, with their own, their own personal issues, um, which then translated into the work environment. Um, I would say the mobile Alabama one was way more of a, of a shit show. Uh, just very, I can't, I don't even want to get into it cause that's not what this podcast is about, but the moral of the story is those times were, was when I was facing lots of anxiety. And then when I got divorced, there, there was a lot of anxiety there. So where, where does anxiety come from? How do, how can we deal with it? What's what, you know, if you deal with anxiety, what are some things you can do? Okay. Again, reflecting back on the previous podcast that I just did on happiness, I think anxiety is much the same though. There's a slight difference. So anxiety and I, I, I'm not a, I'm not an expert. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just a 50 54 year old dude. That's worked with people all of my life and also very self-reflective and I've done a lot of reading. And so these are just my personal thoughts and what I've done and how I've overcome 
and have worked through all the anxiety that I've ever experienced in my life. And, uh, this is the stuff that I've found helpful. One, my personal person, like my personality type is not the type of person that I will accept things. Meaning like I wouldn't accept, like I wasn't going to accept anxiety as my life. Like that, I wasn't going to be like, I'm just, I deal with depression. That's just something I deal with. I always, I will always have depression and it'll be something I always deal with. That's just not my personality type. I am a person that is like held to the no, fuck that shit. Life's too short. I don't want to live a life of anxiety. I don't want to live a life of, you know, panic and like, or be depressed all my life. No, uh, -uh. there's a solution out there. I'm going to find that solution. I'm going to apply whatever I need to apply. I'll do whatever I need to do to, to accomplish and get where I need to be. So that's part of like my personality. So I don't accept things, right? I don't accept things that even if I was diagnosed with things, I'm like, okay, there, I, I, and maybe this is just, you know, my ignorance, but let my ignorant, my ignorance is working for me for, for whatever reason, you know, when I don't accept things, uh, I remember a doctor said, I'll always be on, I forget what it was. I had to take some medications. I was on like nine different medications, like forever ago. And, and now I'm 54. I don't take any medications, you know, knock on wood, partly, you know, I want to say that's just luck of the draw. And the other part is when I was told I would be taking certain medications for the rest of my life, I remember just thinking to myself, hell to the fucking no, just because my dad had high blood pressure doesn't mean that and had to take medication at an early age and took it until he died. I'm like, no, I'm talking about my biological father, my adopted father, who I call my dad and is my dad to me is still here. Anyway, I, I was just like, no, <laughs> I'm not. When the doctor told me that, I remember in my mind, I was just like, mm -mm, nope, nope, I'm not, I'm not taking these forever. In fact, I'm not even taking these stupid things. I'm going to look at alternative ways to, to adjust my own blood pressure. Like, I just know there's another way to do this. Now, don't, if you're on medications, listen, I'm not a doctor, so you stay doing what you're doing. I'm just, these are just thoughts and things to consider and, and other ideas and alternatives. So for me, it's the same thing about anxiety or depression. I wasn't going to accept those as this is me and this is me forever and whatever. Anyway, back to the blood pressure medication. I just was like, no. So I did some research and found out that diet plays a huge role in that. Exercise plays a huge role in that. All these different things that played a huge role in that. And so I thought, well, let's, let's, let's go after that and see if I can regulate this and get this working for me without medication. Now I'm going to be just honest here. Obviously had I done all that stuff and there had been no change, then of course I'm going to take a medication <laughs> rather than die. <laughs> right. But I think most people think that they're going to die without the medication. Then they don't think there's any other alternatives. Now they don't try those alternatives. And when I say try, I mean, really try. I don't mean like I ate an apple and a kale salad and it didn't do anything. Okay. <laughs> it's not, you don't try something. You, you, it's, it's a lifestyle. Anyway, you all know that you're adults, you're smart, you know this, but you know, maybe this, this little podcast episode will, will challenge your, your thinking. 
because I've been told throughout my life at various times that this is, you know, this is just how it's going to be. And you just need to accept it. You know, this is the medication you're just going to need, or you're just kind of going to be anxious and you'll need this anxiety. You know, you'll just always need Xanax or you'll just always need high blood pressure. All, And I just was like, huh, no, there's an alternative. So, you know, I dove into all these different alternatives. And when I say alternative, I'm not talking about hocus pocus, smoke and oils and potions and lotions. I'm not talking about that. I'm just talking about alternative, meaning, you know, maybe if I didn't eat Taco Bell, Pizza Hut, Little Caesars Pizza and McDonald's and Wendy's, you know, maybe I could have a better health. Right. So that's my story. I dove into those things. Ended up, I was, I got my blood pressure down to normal and have kept it normal. Uh, what is it? 180, 120 over 80, whatever it is. That's, it's always that, uh, or real close to that always. And, you know, if I ever check it and it's off, then I, I, I look at my diet. I look at my activity and make adjustments. Okay. So that's what it is. Take it or leave it, whatever. When it comes to anxiety, it, a lot of the anxiety that some of us might have ever dealt with would is situational. Meaning, you know, if you're married and your partner loses their job and now it's, you're all, are, you're anxious because you're experiencing anxiety because now what are we going to do for funds? How are we going to pay rent? How are we going to, you know, that's a situational anxiety. Okay. And, and name, name the situation. We've all gone through situations where it thrusts us into anxiety. Now there's a big difference between situational anxiety. And then I guess what I would just call regular anxiety because situational again is, is it's around a situation. And so as the situation resolves, or as we get further from that situation, or if that situation again is resolved, then usually the anxiety goes away. Okay. So that's, we've all had that. Then there's anxiety where people are just anxious, like they just, uh, they experience anxiety. And sometimes that can be coupled with depression and, and panic attacks and all that. This is a little bit more difficult because it's a lot more work to get through. But I, I, I have had that kind of anxiety too. It was triggered by a situation but that situation was kind of prolonged and therefore the anxiety was prolonged. So I remember even thinking at that time in my life, like, wow, I can't live. Like, I don't like being anxious. I don't like feeling this way, the way I'm feeling. And same as I've always done, I don't want to accept that this is just my lot in life. If, if it's something I can change, right? If it's something that's, this is my lot in life and there is no change to it, right? For example, <laughs> like I, I'm only mentioning this cause it, it popped into my crazy brain right now. You know, I have a full head of hair. I, okay. I don't think there's anything that I've done to keep the full head of hair. I just got lucky at my age to have a full head of hair. It's just, I've genetics, whatever. I don't know how that happened. It just happened. But I remember as I was getting older, you know, through my twenties, I never really thought much about it, even in my thirties, but then in my forties, you know, I started noticing, man, a lot of my friends, they're all going bald and I'm not okay. 
what would I do if I did go bald? And you're like, you're probably thinking, Timmy, this is the craziest thing you're even talking about, but I'm just being honest here. Like, so I remember thinking, well, I mean, if that's like, if I start losing my hair, you know, maybe I would look into some kind of, um, treatment, maybe, you know, maybe depending if it was like super affordable, um, you know, maybe I would do a, a cool looking listen. And there are cool ones nowadays, especially, um, maybe back then I wouldn't, they wouldn't have been as cool, but maybe a cool toupee. I mean, I have some friends that have toupees that honestly, you wouldn't really even know that they're wearing a toupee. Um, or, or just accept it and just shave my head or accept it and just have, you know, real short hair, whatever. Like, so I'm not talking about that kind of stuff, stuff that like you, 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 there's really not much you can do about it. Right. People, when you start losing your hair, I mean, it just is what it is. And it's either you let it go or you, uh, do something drastic, which is have some kind of a surgery or whatever. So outside of that, I mean, it just kind of is what it is. Right. But see, I don't feel that way about, about anxiety, like you or depression. I don't, I don't, it's not a, it doesn't have to be a permanent thing. I think much of what we experience in life is part and parcel to our lifestyle. And when I say lifestyle, what I mean is what we think about, what we watch, what we listen to, what we eat and exercise all those things right like if you're taking notes or even mental notes if you're taking notes kudos to you write this down if you're a person that deals with anxiety if you'll really really listen to what i'm saying and you'll apply what i'm apply the things that i'm talking about like you will send me an email at some point thanking me for sharing this because it will help you. When I was experiencing anxiety, it was triggered through a situation, but it was prolonged. Okay. I had someone tell me some of these things. They said, well, you got to get basically what they said is you need to get a checkup from the neck up to eliminate your thinking, like your stinking thinking, like you got to make some changes to your thoughts. Now I've said this before because it's a quote that I've recently heard that really has registered with me and it's, you know, it's easier to act your way into thinking different than it is to think your way into acting different. Okay. So what I realized was I wasn't involved in activities that I loved to do. That was one thing. So I, I wasn't, and I'm just going to make stuff up, but like, because this is way back when, but you know, I, I wasn't maybe riding my, I wasn't doing the self-care stuff. So I wasn't like riding my motorcycle as much. I wasn't going on walks as much. I wasn't in the gym, um, at least a few times a week. You know, I, I, I wasn't reading books. Um, or, you know, I was like watching lots of TV or so what I realized was it's insanity. I think the very definition of insanity is to keep doing the same things and expect a different result. So I realized, okay, I need to make some changes in order for my life to change. I, we all know that, you know, if, 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 if there's something about your life, if there's something about our lives that we don't like, there's only one person ultimately that can change that and make it different. And that is ourselves. Like the person that stares at you in the mirror when you look at it, right? Like it's, it's that person that's, 
that's we're in charge of our own destinies and our own life to a certain degree, clearly. Okay. So I realized, okay, I've got to change what I'm reading. Therefore that will affect my thinking. And then I got to act different. I've got to do things differently. And yeah, I, I, and I, that's so easy said harder to do it because when you're in that state, the, the thing is you just don't feel like doing anything except wallowing in self pity. That's just, it's like, you know, I always feel for people like when I'm at the gym and I see someone that's like extremely overweight, I, I always one I'm like, kudos to that person for being here. Like, wow. That's one thing I think. And then the other thing I think is, gosh, man, I bet, I bet it took everything in the, everything like, wow. The fact that they're here is just amazing because I know that struggle. Like I know that struggle. It's like when you need the gym, the most is when you typically look like you have never been to one, <laughs> you know, it's like, it's like, that's when you need it the most, you know? Um, anyway, so when I think about anxiety, I, I think you got to look at your life. Okay. What are you doing that could also be triggering anxiety in you? For example, okay. I can't speak for anybody but myself. Looking at porn, I think can create anxiety because it's not like the best thing in the world that you should be doing especially if you're in a committed partnership and, and you know, it's something you're doing secret from your partner. That's definitely not good uh, because you shouldn't have secrets from your partner. Um, now, no judgment on those that if you do it as a couple and there's certain, whatever, I, listen, I'm trust me, I don't judge nobody for nothing. Uh, I just can't. Um, so I, I don't say this as a, obviously I'm not religious at all. Obviously I'm an agnostic, so I don't, I don't, I don't have any opinion about porn as it relates to that, but, but I do think that when we are wasting our time, living our lives less than we should not engaged in activities that we know we should be engaged in, we don't, we're not engaged. We're not, we don't have friends or doing our part to make friends. Uh, those things can also feed into the anxiety and also, if all you do is focus on the negative aspects of your life or you're only thinking and projecting into the future negative outcomes, that also creates anxiety. So being able to just have power over your mind and to let go of things that you cannot control, like why worry about things that worry is not doing anything for that thing that you're worried about. It's only stressing you out. So, you know, literally learning to let go is, is something that I'm, you know, I wish, I wish I could, you know, snap my finger and, and this could get into people's head, but okay. So let me just tell you exactly what I did. I've mentioned this before in past podcasts on bits and pieces. One of the things I did, because I knew that it would be hard for me to do certain things because I just had no motivation to do them. Okay. 
So some things in your life, you're going to have to force yourself to do the right thing. Like one of the best things you can do if you don't exercise at all, one of the best things you can do is do a walk in the morning or at night and, and like a good two, three, four, five mile walk if you can, or go to the gym. Okay. Going to the gym or getting some kind of exercise and especially being outdoors is such a healthy piece that you, you have to add that to your life. Um, some people find lots of comfort in having a dog or a, like, not a cat as much, even though cats are fun. I have one of each, but uh, a dog, because you have to take a dog outside. You have to take it for walks. Okay. And, and weirdly people experience happiness by owning pets. I think it's not just the love of the pet. I think it's a lot of the pet activities that happen. It's the going outside. It's the pet walking. It's those things. And, and you do that, you know, a couple times a day, right? Because of the taking care of the pet. So it's like inadvertently, there are some benefits from having a pet outside of just the loving furry animal that you get. Okay. So here's what, here's what I would recommend. If you're anxious and you just don't even know, you know, I don't know where you are in your journey, but how, how bad the anxiety is. But one is I would say, watch less t TV, quit drinking alcohol, make healthier choices. Okay. If you're eating chalk, you know, if you're eating lots of candy and all that, like stop that immediately eat more whole foods, fresh foods, you know, good, good, clean chicken for protein or red meat to whatever, any, just, you know, stick with like a meat and veggie kind of a diet, get rid of like canned food, processed food, TV dinners, all that kind of stuff. Scrap that kind of stuff. Don't, don't need as much bread, pastas, stick with, you know, meat and veggies and, and some, you know, like eggs and all that kind of stuff. Don't, don't like wake up in the morning and do donuts or a bagel. Like, do eggs. So that's just a real practical side on another easy side. And this, this is where I was at at the time. And I remember I went through this when I first got divorced, I was just in a constant state of kind of depression and anxiety there for a while. And I knew that there were things that I should do, but I just couldn't do. So I did a lot of subliminal stuff. And you say, what's that to me? Well, it's just where I would play subliminal messaging, Louise Hay, just Google, go to YouTube, type in Louise Hay. And I just filled my mind with this stuff. So rather than when I would get in my car, rather than listening to music, 90% of the time I would listen to, um, either book, good books or good podcasts or one of the Louise Hayes um, meditation type things. And I would just listen to it when I first woke up and then sometimes throughout the day. And then at night I would push play as I was getting in bed. So I would go to sleep and my subconscious mind was just being fed all good stuff. And I did that every day for for almost two years, I, after about a year, it was, it was off and on. And I still do it to this day, not every day, but I still do on occasion do this just because it's good to remind myself to do it and good for me to do it. So 
you know, listen, if you're facing, if you're, if one, if you're in a situational anxiety, you know, just do whatever you can to resolve that situation and the anxiety will probably go away. If you're, if you're, if you deal with anxiety as like a normal, like everyday life deal with anxiety, you have to get out of that. You got one, you got to look at your life and say, what's causing this anxiety, right? If you're dating someone, especially obviously if you're, if you're married to someone, you know, and you're going through a lot of anxiety to that, I would say you got to go to counseling. You just got to work on it, you know, and give, give the best, do everything you can to make that work. Otherwise, you know, it's not going to just fix itself. So, but let's just say for, for this conversation that you're, you're single, or if you're dating someone, which I still consider that to be single, unless you're in a committed partnership. But anyway, um, you know, if you're dating someone and that person's causing you more anxiety, well, clearly that's a red flag. That's something that <laughs> needs to be really looked at deeply. Um, I've been there, you know, I've been there. I've been in relationships where I'm like, man, I'm, I'm feeling anxious. Like this is so, so if you find yourself experiencing, experiencing a lot of anxiety, it, it could be you're in a bad relationship. It could be that you personally are just in a, you're in a bad job. You're in a, a deadbeat career. I mean, there's all these things that you can change with time you know, not immediately, right? I'm not recommending to go in and quit your job right this minute, unless you just have tons of money and you could, you know, go six months to a year and look for a job and be fine. That that's, you know, whatever, but yeah, so you know, I'm not saying go make any major life changes immediately unless you can, but begin to sit down with a pen and a journal and just start writing stuff down. What in your life do you like? What in, what in your life do you not like? What do you think is good? What do you think is not so good? What do you think is healthy? What do you think is unhealthy? Just start analyzing your life and looking at all the aspects of your life and start somewhere in making positive changes in those areas. For example, I've known of people to be in a job that makes them anxious and just the sheer fact of then looking for a job, another job, they notice that the anxiety is less. Just It's like there's hope. It, there's a hope in getting out of their current job and into a better job and just that alone has made them feel a little bit better. And then of course, when they find that better job and they move all of a sudden their anxiety is gone. So I guess, you know, one thing to, to really look at is to find out where is your anxiety coming from? What, what is it situational? Is it, is it, in, is it from a relationship? Is it from financial? Is it career? You know, there are all these things, you know, obviously if you have financial anxiety, a, that could mean, right? You're spending more than you're bringing in. Obviously then change your spending habits as much as you can. And if, if you've just gotten yourself into a bad place where just rent insurance and, uh, in or you know, uh, car payment and, you know, a few other things, just the basics are throwing you out of balance. You know, the only thing I can say to that is cut all the corners that you possibly can cut and, and then, you know, probably you need to look for a job that pays more, um, potentially. Right. So, you know, 
we think we're stuck in jobs, right? I mean, I, I think all of us have felt that way at various times. You know, you, you just feel stuck. I know people feel like that in marriages. Sometimes they're, they're stuck in a marriage or they're stuck. Even if they're dating someone, you know, I talked to someone recently and you know, they're dating someone um, and it's not going well, but they live in the house where, you know, this one person pays all the bills and, and it's a little bit of a stressful thought to think, you know, what, how am I going to make it on my own? And, you know, man, I, my heart goes out to that, that kind of a situation where you truly feel stuck. Um, yeah, I don't even know what to say. I, I don't know anything to say except you need to do everything you can to get unstuck and seek some counsel and figure out a way to, you know, like begin begin a plan, right? Like it's just like anything in life. It, it start that, start working that plan and eventually it'll happen. You know, I remember I did that 90 day challenge a couple a year ago or a couple of years ago now where I'd gotten out of shape and I definitely was looking in the mirror thinking what in the world happened to me. <laughs> and I, and I remember signing up for this 90 day challenge and I just went for it, you know, and it was, at the end of the first day, all I got were just aches and pains and soreness and, you know, whatever. And that happened for, you know, a good couple weeks. And then pretty soon I'm, I'm feeling good and I'm feeling better, but physically I still looked like shit to me, you know, it's, I'm still looked the same. And, you know, it wasn't until probably day, I would say day 60 is where I really started noticing a difference. And of course, by the time I got to 90 days, I mean, it, I really had seen quite a, a massive change in just 90 days, you know, thankfully I wasn't that out of shape. So, you know, depending on where you are and how, what, how badly you are out of shape would depend on, on how quick you can turn it around. Right. You know, if you've worked out all your life and you've just taken six months off, well, yeah, I mean, 90 days, you can turn yourself right around, you know, but if you've never really worked out in your entire life and you're, it, well, then obviously it, it it's going to take some time, but it'll happen quicker than you think, uh, but it doesn't happen immediately. And it doesn't, ha so it'll happen, it'll happen quicker than you think, but it won't happen as quick as you want it to, <laughs> right? I wanted to go into the gym that first day of the 90 day challenge and already be looking good. Obviously that doesn't work that way. And so you just have to look at where do you want to be? How, what would be the steps to get there? Here's a great way to look at life. Look at things like, for example, I like to read. I want to read more books. Well, how many books do I want to read? Okay, I'll at least want to read two books a month. Okay, two books a month, roughly a 200-some page book. That means I need to, da, 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 da. okay, I need to be reading this many pages or this many chapters a week. That means I need to read um, whatever per day. And then I come up with this thing, like, okay, like I'm reading a book right now. It has 25 chapters. So I'm like, okay, I need to read three chapters a day in order to complete the book in about a week. I think life is, it is more complicated than that, but it's also pretty easy like that. If you need to lose weight, how much do you need to lose? Subtract that out with time and go, okay, then I need to lose a pound a week for a year. And then I'll end up at the end of a year. I'll have lost 52 pounds, right? So it's, it's when we look at that 52 pounds that we feel overwhelmed. 
But if you look at it as just a pound, well, then it's, well, man, a pound a day, anybody can lose a pound. A, I mean, not a pound a day. I mean, some, I guess we could, but a pound a week, that's, that's easy. Like really, that's honestly easy. And like, that's just so easy. <laughs> a pound a week and I could stand to lose some weight right now. Even, you know, I I've gained a few little, got a little, got a little dad bod going on. And so I'm not saying this is some guy with abs. I don't have that. I do have abs underneath all this fluff, but I don't have abs showing. So, you know, no, again, no judgment. I'm just saying where I'm trying to make this talk about anxiety, but I'm trying to break this down to make it so simple in our brains of how, something that seems so big when you look at it can be broken down into simple, easy steps and be more digestible, right? 52 pounds is a lot, but a pound isn't that much. So if you go, okay, how can I lose 52 pounds and it not be, I don't need to starve myself. Well, that's easy. A pound a week. And that, that is easy. I helped someone lose a hundred pounds in a year. So, cause I said, here's eat like this. And, and in a year you'll have lost a lot of weight. And sure enough, she followed it to the T what I said, and it happened. That's because it's just, that is the way it is. It's just the way it works. So when you think of anxiety, if you're anxious, then you, that you obviously change is absolutely required. Okay. Yes, if it's situational anxiety, there's a situation that needs a change. But you're in that situation, so you're going to have to be the one that instigates and initiates that change. So whatever the change is, it's a, if it's a relationship, a relationship type type change, only you can make the changes. And I don't mean change like get rid of someone. That could just mean there needs to be changes in the dynamic between you two, or there needs to be some changes and some growth within yourself. Clearly changes and growth within the person that you're seeing in order for the relationship to be different. Relationships do not fix themselves on their own. They don't just get better with time. That's just not the way relationships work. You know, this, I know this, you're not, we're not disagreeing here. So, but it's, it's recognizing what those changes need to be. That's, that's where I think sometimes we can struggle is we don't know where the anxiety is coming from. We just know that we're anxious, but I'm telling you that that's, that's the first symptom that there are some things that need to be adjusted in our lives. So again, I'm going to go through those things that might need to change, change what you're watching, what you're listening to change, what you're eating change, change when you eat and the amount that you eat, changing our exercise and making sure that we're getting outside. So there's also relationship changes, career changes, all these, and there's more than that. There's, there's so many, there's so many other things that I'm sure could be the instigator or the creator of the anxiety that you're facing. But, but you are in charge of your life. I'm in charge of my life. Only you can make the changes necessary to overcome anxiety, right? I'm the only one that can change things in my life in order to help me with, with any anxiety that I would be facing. So once you kind of identify where is this anxiety coming from, right? If it's coming from deep within, there's some kind of family trauma or some kind of childhood trauma, some kind of 
whatever that, you know, all I can say is that you just need to dig into that. Typically 99.9% of the time, I would recommend professional therapy, professional counseling. Nowadays, people don't, hopefully don't seem hesitant about that anymore. I know my generation, there was a lot of hesitancy, especially with my, my folks is, uh, my parents generation. Um, they don't, they don't, therapy is not something that they do, but that's just a ignorant mindset in their own mind that they have to overcome. It's just, it's just some ridiculous belief system. That's just ridiculous. Uh, to me, therapy is just like a doctor. If I broke my bone, I'm going to go to the professional to have them set my bone, put pins in it, do whatever. Right. So if you're having emotional issues, <laughs> clearly go to a professional, have them help you. It's like, come on. So, but you know, if, if, if therapy is not the route you want to go, you can still do this without therapy. Therapy is super helpful, but it's not the only way. Okay. It's not the only way. Um, look for, uh, you know, if you, you do you have good friendships, um, all those things, right. But again, uh, but again, going back to the beginning, first and foremost, what you got to do is you got to sit down and you got to start journaling and start thinking through the areas of your life. What's going well, what's not, what do you, where is this anxiety coming from? Um, you know, can you make those changes? What is necessary? What are the steps to make those changes? All that stuff. Any area of your life that you're unhappy with, you can change it. If you're unhappy about your sex life, you can change that. If you're unhappy about your finances, you can change that. If you're unhappy about your relationship, you can change that. If you're unhappy about your weight, you can change that. If you're unhappy about your intelligence, you can change that. Like whatever it is in your life, only you can make that change and, and you can do it. You can do it. Listen, if I can do shit, trust me, I graduated high school with like a 1.7 grade point average. Now, hopefully that doesn't mean I'm a moron. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was that I just didn't apply myself, um, because I did way better in, in, uh, I think I had like a 3.8 in college. Uh, granted it was seminary. So it, you know, it was a little bit more. Well, whatever, it just came a little bit easier to me. Plus I was motivated. Uh, and then, and then since then, you know, I've, 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 I've done lots of reading and, <laughs> and tried to make myself feel better <laughs> about my 1.7 grade point average. Um, anyway, so it's, it's just, if it's going to be, it's up to me. That's a great old book from Dr. Robert Schuler. He was an old preacher, but, uh, if it's going to be, it's up to me. So you know, you say that with your own, right. You say that, look in the mirror and say that if it's going to be, it's up to me. Like it's up to, you know, for me, it's up to me for you. It's up to you. <laughs> you can do it, right. You can do it. So, okay. First I'm going to, I keep going. I'm squirrel. Get down, sit down with a journal, really analyze your life. Look into each piece of your life. What areas of your life need to be improved? What, you know, where could you make some little small changes to, to help you? But the, but the other Outside of that first step, you know, pick up some books that on the topic. Um, one of the great books I ever read was by Dale Carnegie, How to Stop Worrying and Start Living. 
by Dale Carnegie. Such a great book. It's an old book. You can find it in any used bookstore. It's such a great book. I mean, I'm sure it's you can get it on Amazon. I know you can. Uh, Louise Hay, subliminal stuff. You know, it's basically like positive affirmation stuff, positive affirmation stuff that played all through the night. I just played it on repeat all through the night when I slept. You know, if you have an Alexa like me, she'll do it. Um, or just I put my phone by my night nightstand and push play, you know, on a 11 hour <laughs> uh, video on, on positive affirmations and, and just force yourself to not do the things that your anxiety is wanting you to do or, and not do the things that your depression is wanting you to do. Does that make sense? Let me say it again. Don't do the things that your anxiety is wanting you to do. And don't do the things that depression is wanting you to do. Do the things that happiness wants you to do. Do the things that joy wants you to do. Do the things that you really want to do. That's, that's for, I'd say this all the time to singles, you know, when we're talking about dating, I said, listen, don't let fear dictate your conversations or lack of conversations with people. In other words, don't let fear be the thing that keeps you from talking to that person that you're interested in. Like now fear is ruling you. Fear is winning the day. Don't, don't let anxiety rule the day. You should be in charge of your life. And, you know, I'm a big proponent in the things you fear hit them head on. You know, you're afraid to fly. You should fly. Like that's just what you should do. That's the, one of the greatest ways to conquer something is to hit it head on. Anyway, I hope that this particular episode was helpful. I, I'm, I'm, to be honest with you, as I'm closing up, I'm like, was this even helpful? I guess the bottom line for me is that you can do it. You don't have to live a life of anxiety. You don't have to live a life of panicky, panic attacks. You don't have to live a life of a depression. You don't, you just don't. Um, even if you have a chemical imbalance, you don't, you just don't. And only 20% of the people that face any kind of like anxiety or depression on an ongoing basis, only 20% are actually where there's a chemical imbalance. Most of the time it's, it's a lifestyle issue. They're living in such a way that's creating anxiety. Okay. I appreciate you guys for listening. Thank you for listening. If you have thoughts, concerns, ideas, things you want me to cover in the in the future, let me know. FYI, Pammy's doing great. Pammy's been really busy with work. Um, her and I are actually going to be back. Uh, she'll be back next week with me. Um, but I've given her a couple weeks off so she can get some stuff done. She had just moved and some job change and stuff. So anyway, Pammy's doing good and she'll be back uh, next week. All right, guys. Thanks so much for listening. Peace out. <laughs>